clear of the closing doors, please. Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to SST on Apple Podcasts, app, Spotify, and on YouTube. Reminder, you can now watch this podcast on Spotify as well. So if you're a Spotify podcast listener, which I believe our guest listens to podcasts on Spotify, as do I, it's kind of nice. If you're at your mm-hmm. desk or you're, uh, you know, at your house sitting at the table, you can check the video out on Spotify. So Apple, Spotify, YouTube, don't matter where you listen. We appreciate you the same. But we are here today to talk about a typically fantastic topic that might not be so fantastic right now because the NFL is a little bit in shambles. But before we get to that, reminder, at Subway Sports Talk on X, Instagram, TikTok. Hit us up on socials. The picks are up there every week. We got other posts from the pod up there. Like to hear from you guys. So that's what we got. But joining us, second time this year, he was with us preseason to do this exact thing to rank quarterbacks. We're going to do quarterback tiers and rankings. We did it preseason, and now he's back to revisit this wonderful topic. Paul Barkita, how you doing, my friend? PD, I'm great, my friend. Great to be back. Wish, like you said, we had a little bit more positive things to talk about, but it, listen, it's always positive, right? Yeah. It's football. It's still great, so. and it's still fun and like we're, we're sitting there on our couches and whatnot, like watching these games, like we're having fun. We're ha- this is fun. We love this game. This is awesome. And in reality, like we've seen some really bad offensive play and, and you could always make the argument. Is it bad offensive play? Is it good uh, defensive play? I think when we start going through this list, cause again, we're doing quarterback tiers and rankings here. You're going to start to realize that some of the offenses are just like, they're just bad. Right. And, and part of it might be due to some bad quarterback play. And I know you and I, Paul, can agree on this. Like going through this list in the midseason, typically there's like some more clarity in the midseason of like, oh, this guy should be here, move this guy down, move this guy up. Man, once you get past a certain point, it is the wild west of mediocre or trash. Like that's how that's how I felt. I don't know about you. Yeah, I felt the same. Honestly, I spent probably more time than I should have uh, <laughs> with other things that are going on in my life and trying to put this list together. But yeah, it's been a really an unfortunate start for a lot of these teams and quarterbacks. And obviously it's a lot to talk about, which obviously is good for us. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors out there. Like you said, is it the great defenses? Is it the lack of practice? Is it the injury bug where every team has to deal with where the chemistry isn't there? There's a lot of factors um, into where the performance has been for a lot of these teams and quarterbacks. But with that, there's still some bright spots and some surprises on the on the good gooder good side. Gooder is not a word, sorry. Um, but yeah, it's definitely been a tough start. But we have a whole second half of the season to be played, and I'm expecting things will certainly be turning around um, now that teams have their identity in place and what's good, what's not working. So, but yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting to talk about regardless. And that's a good point because things do really change week to week so much, right? If we did this podcast at the quarter mark instead of the midseason mark, I think somebody who's going to be still in our top uh, two to four range in that point of the season, he might have been down low because he was injured and they looked bad. And I'm talking about Joe Burrow, of course. Like, yeah, there was a point early in the year where it was like, damn, Burrow's looking injured. Like, this is not good. The Bengals can't move the ball. What's going on here? And like you and I would have had our hands forced, even though we knew it was injury to drop Burrow down below some of his contemporaries, just because like now when we're in the season, we're grading it on what we see every Sunday. 
right? Like yeah. in the preseason, we're grading it on a bunch of different stuff, projecting forward, thinking about the entire offenses and what can be accomplished by these quarterbacks. Now it's like, nope, these are the offenses. These are the weapons they have. This is what they're doing or not doing. Three weeks ago, actually they're on a four-game win streak, so four or five weeks ago, Joe Burrow would have been like, damn, we got to drop his ass. Now they're playing great football again. And I think, I mean, no spoilers here, I think Burrow's going to be in our top top tier again, right? Like, But that changes week to week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's what made it so tough because it's like, right, you judge the first quarter of the season where guys, like you said, Joe Burrow was probably the best example there. And then even some guys in the first quarter who were in the bottom tier second half rookie quarterbacks or first time starter quarterbacks who you don't really know too much about they look okay not great not good and then the last three four weeks they come out of nowhere and now they look like a top 10 quarterback and only expecting better things to come in the in moving forward here so yeah it's been it's really been i think this one is certainly the toughest one to do whether preseason postseason midseason is is certainly tough but yeah excited to get into it and this season in particular. So before we get into our yeah. actual list, I have two questions for you. The first one is, um, who is the, the the quarterback that you feel like? And let's take injuries out, right? We're not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we're not going to talk about, I guess we could talk about Daniel Jones because we saw uh, at least, you know, more than one freaking series this year. But taking out yeah. like the Rodgers of the world who like missed the entire season uh, after the first series, what is the quarterback you feel like you just missed the most on this year uh, from our preseason rankings or how about this? How about this? The one you feel the best about, how about that one that you feel like you actually projected super well? I'm going to go with where I miss. Cause I think the, the ones that we projected super well, I think that's a little bit easier to say, especially with the guys at the top. Like, yeah, those are obvious, we'll obviously right? get into. Those are kind of obvious. Even in the top 10, I think that's pretty, pretty easy. But I, I think I definitely missed on on Deshaun Watson. I had him at the top 10 thinking like, all right, things are going to turn around. He's got the fresh start to the season. He's got some help. Obviously, they have a great defense. There's really no reason for him not to be the Deshaun Watson of old. And definitely missed on that where I certainly have him much lower to, to where, he, where I had him in the preseason. Uh, he hasn't been awful. He hasn't been terrible. But to put him in the top 10 after watching this season where he's had some injuries, he's looked okay, not definitely a top 10 quarterback. So I, I definitely missed on that one. And then the other one I think would be Matthew Stafford. Same thing. I had him at number nine because I'm thinking same thing. He's getting some getting the some of the healthy weapons back. Obviously, this rookie Puka Nakua came out of nowhere, which you didn't expect. But thinking that, yeah, Matthew Stafford, he'll be healthy. He's always been a top 10 quarterback, at least from a statistical perspective. Obviously, he's got such an amazing arm talent, even though he's obviously on the back nine of his career. But yeah, he's been definitely not top 10. Not terrible, not bad, but definitely not within the top 10 for sure. So yeah, I definitely think those are the two that I definitely had a miss on um, to start the year. Yeah, I think I had Carr. Well, I shouldn't say I think. I know I'm looking at the list. I had Carr and Stafford in this like unique, like personal tier here. I had them ranked 16th and 17th because it's just like you kind of didn't know what to expect, uh, but you knew that they were professional quarterbacks, and that's kind of what we've seen from them, right? They're professional quarterbacks still. They have upside. They can make some big plays, but their health and their supporting cast is really the question mark. And Stafford more so um, than Carr right now, just because of the injuries and whatnot, and his age showing 
in that way and he being banged up. But there were a couple of weeks there where it was Matt Stafford slinging the pill, Puka and Cooper. Yeah. And you're like, wow, is this guy still a top 10 quarterback? And that's more to show, right? If we did this podcast two weeks ago, we're sitting here saying, damn, Matt Stafford's putting up numbers. Look at these receivers that he's carrying. This is fantastic. Maybe they're carrying him. I don't know. But nonetheless, we'll get into it. I think on my front here, um, I also whiffed on the Deshaun Watson front. I had him at 11th. Even though he's been hurt, I think he's still the best the best quarterback on uh, on the Browns, giving them the best chance to win, which is probably saying something. He's not 11th. He's probably more so should be ranked in that like 19 to 20 range. Like You can't argue that he's been playing better football than even Baker Mayfield at this point in time, right? And I think yeah. that is the type of tier that we're going to be looking at. So I definitely missed there. And then I want to say this. I missed on Brock Purdy. I had Brock Purdy at 24. I had him behind Mac Jones. I had him at behind Kenny Pickett. And that is a whiff, man. I know, um, you know, he hasn't been perfect in the most recent weeks. They just came off a bye now, but he has proven that he's more than just um, a lucky quarterback on a good franchise. He's made some big time throws. And even if I don't want to go crazy and say he's a top 10 quarterback yet, we're going to get to where we have him ranked. I think having him behind some of those other guys is as big a whiff as any, even if he only rises from 24 to 20, because I had him behind Mac Jones and Kenny Pickett, that was the mistake by me. That was the big whiff. And again, we'll get into where we actually have him ranked as we start these tiers. Yeah, good point on Brock Purdy because I certainly missed on that too. I was right with you. But yeah, we'll get into that. That was the one I was like, I think there was one more I forgot. And Purdy definitely was that third one. So good yeah. good call by you. Yep. All right. So let's do it. We're going to start at the top. Quick parameters for uh, rules and regulations for this wonderful episode of Football Talk with Paul Barquita and myself, Pete Kennedy. This is based off what we're seeing this year and what we're seeing or expecting to see over the next nine weeks, right? This is not based off of previous years. This is not based off the next five years. This is based off of 2023, what we have at our disposal from these first bunch of weeks and what we are now looking for in the next bunch of weeks, okay? So obviously when you start talking projections and health of surrounding players that can come into effect here, right? So just making this up. If Tyreek Hill was out right now, we're not going to drop Tua because he doesn't have Tyreek now if Tyreek's expected to be back. Now, if Tyreek was out for the year, that might change our calculation on Tua Tagovailoa. That's just the parameters, okay? So we're going to start at the top. We're going to talk about the best quarterbacks, and we're going to work our way down. Paul, do you have any notes, questions, or concerns? No, I'm ready to go. I'm excited about it. All right, let's do it. So can we start cool. with tier number one? Paul, hit us with your tier one. Uh, roll through all the names, and then we'll discuss. Yeah, so tier one from what we've done this in the past is the elite level, right? These are the, the best of the best guys that check all the boxes from not only the talent level, their arm talent, their skill set and athleticism. They are the driving force on why their teams are successful. All four of these guys that I have up here are obviously at the top of the league uh, in terms of their team record, statistic, statistics, and really the guys, again, when you take them off this team, these teams are significantly worse. And you could say that about even some of the guys in, in the second tier as well, but you take these guys off, it's a completely different franchise. So to be honest with you, the top of the list, I know we had Patrick Mahomes at number one, which how can you not? To be honest, Pat's not my number one this point in the year. I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar has been absolutely incredible. I mean, his numbers aren't, 
the best in terms of yards and touchdowns and all the PFF stuff. But when you watch the Ravens play, he is, I think, the true definition of Superman, where if he is not out there, the Ravens are nothing. Like the fact that they have all these injuries every single year with the running game and the receivers, they are still a playoff team. And you can also allude that to a lot to, to John Harbaugh and how the Ravens are built organizationally. They do, they just do not lose. But Lamar is the number one reason behind that. Again, he's been absolutely incredible in terms of obviously we know he can he can make plays with his legs, but just now that he's been in his what a fifth or sixth year now, he, he's he's a veteran. He's sixth. been around. Yeah. So he knows the game. He knows how to win in this league. And I think that's really making him even better besides having obviously all the skill set that he has with, with the athleticism and obviously being able to distribute the football. He's got some help around him. Obviously, Zay Flowers has looked pretty good. Mark Andrews, of course. And I think Lamar has been the best one for me. I think he's definitely on his way for an MVP candidate for sure. Uh, but to be honest, right behind him, and it was really tough going one and two, uh, but I think two for two uh, sounded good, but I think that that that's fitting. I mean, two has obviously been. So wait, you have one of the. Hold on, hold on. You have Lamar one, two a two, two a two. Okay, continue. Two a two, two a two. All right. So I like that. I like the two a two. Um, two. Uh. So again, this is really tough for me because obviously two a. Uh, has all the the leading yard, yards and touchdowns and best offense in the league. You're thinking like, okay, how, how is he not number one? But these last couple of weeks have looked a little, I don't know, right? Where, I mean, you, you could talk about their combined record of the opponents they played. I don't really like buying that because still this is the NFL. Every team is going out there every single Sunday to compete and be the best, especially at this point in the year where – no team is really out of contention unless you're like the Giants, of course, um, <laughs> where you're getting the best every single week, right? So I, I can kind of buy it. I can't. I also can't really buy that too much. But again, regardless, the guy's been lights out. Think with me with Tua. Obviously, he's got a lot of help. He's got Tyreek Hill, the best wide receiver in the league. He's got these unbelievable running backs who not only just can run the football, they can catch the football. He's got a great, great offensive line. Jalen Waddle, I know he's been a little in and out with injuries, but he's still a, definitely a, a top 10, if not top seven, eight receiver when he's obviously healthy. So two has obviously been absolutely incredible, but I think these last couple of weeks have kind of got me a little like, I don't know. Can he consistently do this throughout the rest of the year? And then the other thing that really I think the difference here, and you could say this about Lamar too, the durability. That's mm -hmm. a huge part of the rubric here obviously it's a knowing Tua and again I'm not wishing on this at all obviously I want him to be healthy want especially the, the injuries that he's been having we all know what those what that has been for him we want obviously him to stay out there but can he consistently do that throughout the rest of this year I don't know but again can't take anything away from how he's been this year and, and being up there at, at the two it's it's really neck and neck between those two guys in my opinion and that's so, your top, is that your top? Is that your whole top tier? That's the top two. My bad. Sorry, I just had to take a oh, breath okay. for a no, second. No, sorry. I thought you were uh, saying that's the top tier. I was about to get a little nervous there for a second. No, Paul. no, no, no. Making no. me nervous. So, so you're already making me sweaty over here with these top two. Yeah. No. 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 So I, I have four. So it's going to be Lamar to uh, number three. I got to go. Jalen Hurts again. Okay. I think Jalen Hurts. 
We had him in the top 10. I had him at number eight. He, for me, again, the guy's got all the talent in terms of ability to throw the football, obviously the ability to run the football. But what's really separated Hurts from a lot of these other players, obviously he's in a great situation with the weapons, the offensive line, the defense, great coach. He's got a great situation. He might be the best leader, true quarterback leader out of any of these guys. And all these top quarterbacks are, you know, are all great leaders. Lamar's a great leader. Two is a great leader. Mahomes, Allen, obviously they're all great leaders. But I think Hurts really separates himself and how he carries himself and how he always has this chip on his shoulder. And and I think that obviously affects him, especially when things haven't gone well. Because as we could talk everything about how mm-hmm. when things are going great, quarterback looks great. Despite the Eagles being arguably the best team in the NFC, they have not looked too great to start the season. And Hertz has been a big reason on keeping things together where, yeah, it may not look great, but they're getting wins. Throw here, run here. The decision-making has been winning football. And that for me is really put him up to that number three level um, above my number four guy who, how can he not put Patrick Mahomes in the elite level? Cause he's Patrick Mahomes, but, he obviously has not had the best type of Patrick Mahomes year. But what's so crazy, Pete, when you look at his numbers, he's still top three in yards. He's still top five in touchdowns and rating and completion mm-hmm. percentage. He's like, oh, he's having a down year. And he's still in the top three to five uh, in all these categories. They're still at the top of the of the, the AFC, top of their division. It's it's insane that he's even having a, ba- a down year, in quote. Mm-hmm. And, and they're still where they're at here today. So um, so Mahomes will be number four for me. I won't be surprised if he's back at number one, two, three, obviously. But you, you got to put him up there because he's still obviously having a great year. I know their defense has been obviously very surprising and, and been a big reason why that they're where they are today. But, of course, he's Patrick Mahomes. So, so that's yeah. my four, Lamar, Tua, Hurts, and Mahomes. Wow. So you threw me for a loop there a little bit. I got to be quite honest because I mentioned during the the run up to these tiers here that I still had Joe Burrow in the top tier. I thought you were going to keep him there as well, um, just based off the the past four weeks where he's been looking like Joe Burrow again and then kind of projecting forward a little bit for the rest of this year about where he would rank amongst his peers. So I, I thought you would still have Burrow in that top tier, but I understand why you don't. That makes sense to me. I actually still have Patrick Mahomes at number one. So I have Mahomes at number one still, and I think to your point, I am giving him a little extra credit here based upon who he's working with, right? So all the stats that are in his favor, um, even though they're like, if say he's number two, three, four, five in some of these stats behind Tua, behind uh, a Josh Allen or Kirk Cousins, who we'll talk about in a minute, who's he? He's at the top of a lot of stats still. Um, he's working with his worst weapons, like all across the board. We got Travis Kelsey and no one else, right? So to that effect, I've been giving. Patrick Mahomes, a little bit extra credit for that. So I actually have Patrick Mahomes still at number one. I have Joe Burrow at number two because I still look at him as the second best quarterback in the league. And the last four weeks have proven enough to me that he still belongs in that spot. So I get why you went Lamar to a number one and number two. But the reason why I'm going Burrow number two and Mahomes number one is because I still trust them to this point, their teams are right in the thick of the playoff races and Mahomes and Chiefs are still winning a ton of games. And I think that uh, the uh, the Bengals, I'm sorry, will still now be one of the most productive offenses led by none other than Joe Burrow. 
and some of his percentage type stats are still down. But if you were going to isolate the last four weeks, like he's looking like that top tier quarterback again. So that's why I'm keeping him in there. Moving on to their other ones in my top tier. I actually don't have Tua or Jalen Hurts in the top tier right now. I have them at the top of tier two. So I have Lamar Jackson, number three, and I have Josh Allen, number four. I know that the, um, the interceptions have been really bad for, for Josh Allen to this point. He's thrown what eight, nine interceptions already this year, which is not very good, but he still has one of the best success rates in the NFL. He's ranked number two in that statistic. And that's basically a stat that rates um, the percentage of yards towards a first down that you get on first down, second down, third down, right? So um, it's kind of a catch-all quarterback stat of the amount of yards you're gaining on pass attempts on first down, second down, and third down. So he's doing really well. He has nine interceptions. Some of them have been really bad. Some of the games have been a little bit ugly for the Bills. They're only five and four. But I don't think it's because of Josh Allen playing too reckless or too ridiculous and not being a, a, a good top a top one tier quarterback, his bad throw rate, like his actual interceptable ball throw rate is just being converted at a ridiculous level right now. He's throwing the ball on target. Number four in the NFL, 81% of his throws are on target right now, which means that the ones that are just not as great, or even some of the ones that are great are just getting picked or they're getting batted, right? He has five balls batted away that have some of them, those have turned into interceptions, right? He's getting bad luck on that note. So I'm not going to completely dock Josh Allen and drop him down a tier just based off of what we've seen this year, what I'm expecting from them moving forward. So that's kind of my way of looking at this top tier. And then all the Lamar stuff, to your credit, I agree with wholeheartedly. I just couldn't put him above Mahomes because Mahomes still sitting at the top of all these stats when he's having a bad year is more enough, more than enough reason for me to keep him at number one. Yeah, no, you have all fair points. And that's why when we said at the jump, it's, this has been so tough, even because been tough. the top tiers are the easiest, really. It's, oh, it's no brainer. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen. But like, that's why, like, that's why it's been so tough because, you know, obviously sneaking into tier two now, I mean, Burrow and Allen are right there, five, six for me. They should obviously could have been in that elite level, but right. I think for me, it's the consistency throughout the entire season because Burrow had that, that, that slide. Obviously, as of late, yeah, obviously, as of late, he's been the Joe Burrow that we know. Josh Allen obviously has been good, but has had a lot of things throughout the year, like you mentioned. Not really his fault, but I don't know. The, the interceptions really concern me. And the, it's the intercept. Everyone's been throwing interceptions this year. Like, it's insane how we're through, what, nine weeks I think we yep. are, right? This is week 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Mahomes has eight interceptions. Right. Like, you look at the numbers, it's it's insane how two is seven picks, Mahomes eight picks, Allen nine picks, Hurts eight picks. Like, these are our top-tier type quarterbacks that, that the interceptions have been up there almost, almost like one a game. So it's not even so much the interceptions with, with Josh Allen. It's the timeliness of these interceptions, which has been – which I love because I play the same type of style where I love how Josh Allen is a gunslinger, willing to take the risk, willing to give his guy a shot to make a 50-50 ball, which, again, it's why it's called a 50-50 chance, right? You're either going to look great, it's going to be a touchdown or a big play, a momentum-changing play, or it's going to be an interception or an incompletion, and, and, and that's the risk you play. So that's what I love about Josh Allen. Again, it's nothing taken away from Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, why they're not in that top tier. I just think 
from a consistency throughout every single week, the four guys that I have have been up there. So, and yeah, so that's now getting to tier two. So Burrow, Allen, and then the rest of this tier two is so tough. Woof. So tough. Like we talked about on the pre pre pre-show. How can you not put Kirk Cousins in there? Yeah. Right. So wait, actually let's pause for a second. Let's pause for a second. So, uh, Kirk Cousins is one of these weird things now because he's out for the rest of the year. It, it doesn't make sense for us to include him in this list just because uh, he's out. He's out for the year, right? We, we're not putting Aaron Rodgers on this list. He might come back. He's probably not. He might. Who knows? Kirk Cousins is not coming back this year, right? So I kept him off the list, I, I, and I would agree with you that he's right here in this slot. If I were to put Kirk Cousins on this list, he'd probably be right at that five, six, seven range. Um, for quarterbacks because he's been that good. And I feel good that I put him at number nine in the preseason. And uh, that's pretty high for Kirk Cousins. And he went even better than that. He was playing great, even though the Vikings had some tough losses. Yeah, I agree. I I had Cousins at 12, just that, which again, the miss with Stafford and Watson. But yeah, it's, it's, we all have make our jokes about Kirk Cousins, right? Cause he's just, he's always just something, you always got to talk about Kirk Cousins. Um, but yeah, it's a really unfortunate situation. Cause again, despite even having the tough losses that they had, he, it's not him. He's been absolutely great. And it's exciting to see how Minnesota now kind of has a surge playing for Kirk. You get Josh Dobbs in, which we'll obviously get into him. So, but yeah, I mean, how can you not put put Kirk up there in the in the top ten? But obviously, we're not going to do that. So, the rest of the list for me, seven to ten, again, it's been so tough because, you know, the preseason one. This is where we had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, Lamar, and Hertz are right there. I mean, Trevor, I did put him at number seven. Again, he's he. Why put him at number seven? It's kind of the reasons why you put Burrow and Allen in that top tier because he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been – I still think he's a top 10 quarterback where they still look good. I know they've had some ugly losses, but I think – They're winning getting, generally. Yeah. But they're winning. They're 6-2. and two, They're top of the division, and I I just think he, it's only going to get better from here. I know that Calvin Ridley connection, it's going to take some time to get used to that. So I think they are going to be able to figure that out down the stretch here. So – Got to put Trevor Lawrence there at number seven. Um, now this one got interesting for me because this is where I was going to put Cousins right behind him, but I'm not. This one might be a little controversial, especially with our our friends in our group chat. I think I got to put Justin Herbert there at number eight. I yeah. know everyone says he That's doesn't. That's exactly win. what I have, by the way. I have Lawrence seven, Herbert eight. Yeah, because despite all the criticism you give him because he, he, he's not a winning quarterback is he's a 500 record he doesn't want a playoff game the guy's in his what fourth season now he's still just getting into his prime and he's obviously going to shatter every record in terms of how hit the start that he's had to his career from a statistical perspective obviously it's not all about stats it really is all really more about wins but i feel like there's there's something fishy over there uh, with the Chargers, whether it's the coach, it's it's the coordinators, because this team with Justin Herbert, the help that he has around him, even with Mike Williams out, Keenan Allen, Eckler, uh, some of these other guys, you know, on the t- uh, the tight ends, the offensive line isn't bad, and then you look at the defense, which you thought the defense was going to be a top type type of defense. 
they're just not winning games. So where do you put that? I can't put all that on Justin Herbert. I know a lot of the times where he's had the ball in his hands where he he has a chance to win and it hasn't happened. I mean, you could say that about every quarterback, right? But I still think with his talent and more experience going through this year, he's still got to be in the top 10. I think he's out. You're going to put Sam Howell over Justin Herbert despite no like really <laughs> yeah because he's so. thrown more yards like come on you know what i mean like yeah. it, it comes a point where you have to just look at what the quarterback's accomplishing given his surroundings and and he's still accomplishing things and i know there's been games here where i walked away from a justin herbert game saying god am i just so freaking impressed with justin herbert and like they didn't score any points and they lost and i'm like how did I walk away feeling amazing about Justin Herbert? And like, technically he played a bad game. He also threw a pick at the end of that game that lost me my fantasy matchup by 0.6. Uh, who, who's counting? Whatever. Um, <laughs> right. Like he still does stuff on the field every week. That is the most impressive that you see on any given Sunday, right? right. Herbert is still making throws that are so impressive. He's still moving the ball at such an incredible rate. And when you look at some of the other quarterbacks who may have thrown a few more touchdowns to date, they may have a few more yards to date. There's just a consistency that you get from each throw from Justin Herbert that's better. And that's why I have him here as well. I have him at eight. I have Lauren seven, Justin Herbert eight. Um, and, and like Dak Prescott, I'm sure he'll come up soon in, in our chats here. Jared Goff, and they're, they're in this tier as well. I'm sorry to, to cut off your list here. But to me, it, it looks like it, it comes down to the point of if I were – playing a game tomorrow, I'm still picking Justin Herbert over those guys based off what I've seen this year, right? So it's not like reaching from the cloud. It's not old man yelling at the sky. It's just that consistently every week, he's still proving that he's one of these guys who makes the best throws in the league. And I'm not going to discount that. You're absolutely right. And sorry, having some camera difficulties, but I was there. I was listening to the whole thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's the point. What you just said, if I have a game tomorrow, Obviously, the guys we put ahead of him, I'm going to probably take those guys. But I'm not taking – and no offense to Jared Goff or Dak Prescott or or Brock Purdy, but I'm taking Justin Herbert over those guys for sure. And I'd be very surprised to see them really fall off the wagon. I think obviously they had a relatively – I mean, we'll put an asterisk an impressive win against the Jets. Still got to play the Jets defense. Right. It's not like Jets they, defense they, was incredible. They were incredible. <laughs> Right. So, and, and they were incredible and he still got it done. I mean, obviously, whatever, that's a different conversation, but you're right. So I'm, I'm going to go, uh, right. So Trevor Herbert, seven, eight, and then to round off the list again, this was, this was really tough for me because I, I just think from Herbert down, it gets, you can kind of go almost any route really, but number nine, I think I'm going to go Jared Goff. I think Goff is obviously coming off of, Unbelievable year. Um, Revitalized his career in Detroit. Detroit, frisky, right? He's got some good weapons. They obviously, the defense has been pretty solid. I know they've had a couple bad losses, but overall, I think he's been really solid. And I think he's been obviously a big factor why. Um, he's up there in the in the top, top 10, I think, in all the statistical categories from, um, you know, obviously from yards and touchdowns. He's got 12 touchdowns and five interceptions. He's honestly been probably one of the better quarterbacks with protecting the football, which is obviously always great. So I'm going to go Goff. I think that's more of a safe pick for me. And then number 10, this was really tough too. Um, I got to put Dak at number 10. 
I, I think, and you know how I feel about Dak because it's, it's obviously personal Giants fan, Cowboy fans. I nothing against Dak as a guy, of course, but I think that's a fair number because he he's shown signs yeah. that he's obviously in the top ten. He's shown signs where he can slip a little bit, but I think when you put everything together and how he's performed up to this point in the year, I think number 10 is, is pretty fair. Uh, but that's why I think if you had Kirk cousins in here, he may have would have slipped out to maybe 11 or 12. And that's what I had him. I had him at number, I think 13 in the preseason. So, yeah. so I'm, I'm, I'm good with going Dak and number 10 to, to round out the, the tier two. Um, but again, same old Cowboys. They some games they look freaking unbelievable, the best team in the league, and then they have games where they're like you lose to the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, oh, crushed me. Like, yeah, that was a. T- I remember that. That was a tough, tough pick week for that. That was my survivor uh, pick week that that yeah. week, and I got knocked out. Thought I was winning all that money. I did not. Yeah, no, I know. So, so that's it. So Dak rounds it, up the t- the top ten in tier number ten. So we were a little bit different. I would say actually kind of a lot bit different in that top of the top 10, uh, but in the bottom of the top 10, almost identical. Um, you had Lawrence Herbert Dak, or sorry, Her- Lawrence Herbert Goff Dak. I have Lawrence Herbert Dak Goff, but you know, okay. splitting hairs on that one. I think Dak for all the stuff that goes wrong for him. I mean, he's still just so accurate. He's throwing the ball super well. He's t- the most on-target quarterback in the NFL right now, according to football reference. Like his EPA per play numbers are still really good. So even though, and that's really without a run game. Like the, the yeah. Dallas run game has not been great this year, and Dak is still putting up some good stuff and, and doing it successfully, right? 50% success rate. All this stuff is looking really good on Dak Prescott's side. To, to boot, he's got 18 drops from his receivers this year. That's a, that's a high number. Jared yeah. Goff's also got 19, but Josh Allen's only got 11. Right, Patrick Mahomes, twenty-four drops from his receivers this year. Like that's insane. Yeah, like eight that in that first percentage. game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. I just want to throw this out there. He's the type of guy where it's like you can't look at the stats too much yet because just the way the games have gone, some of these games, and the same thing for Lamar Jackson. Some of these games that the the Jacksonville Jaguars have won so far this year, they haven't been asking Lawrence to go crazy in second halves. They haven't had the opportunities to come back and for him to have 20 pass attempts in the third and fourth quarter, right? So part of the stats at this point in time have to take that into consideration. Like Lamar's, the the Ravens have been winning games recently by huge numbers, right? Like last week, he didn't throw a touchdown. They won by 30 points, right? Like, so we're not going to start saying, oh, Lamar's only thrown nine touchdowns. Like they haven't needed him to throw nine touchdowns. He's also, or more than nine. He's also ran for five touchdowns, right? So, right. Some of those stats, similarly for Trevor Lawrence right now, only nine touchdowns, only four interceptions. So he's taking care of the football. He's doing what he needs to do to win games. They're six and two. So even though the stats aren't staggering from Trevor Lawrence, he deserves to be there. And it's almost like a prove it second half now, right? You're going to have to see some closer games, some bigger performances out of him. But if they keep winning because defense and ETN, you know, rips off a 40 yarder every game for a touchdown, I'm not going to criticize Trevor Lawrence for just not turning the ball over and still throwing one or two touchdowns every single game, right? So so I'm, I'm with you on the Trevor Lawrence front as well. So now when you get past Dak Prescott and Jared Goff in that true top 10, this is where we really hit the Wild West, Paul. Like It, it starts to get weird here, and it, it gets muddy, and you don't know who to put where, and you're looking at stats, and you're looking at what's happening on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays. But boy, is this portion of the quarterback rankings 
different from what we expected. This is probably where a lot of new names are, are going to be held and some for good, some because there's not better options, right? So it's a little bit of a mishmash here in this middling tier. But Paul, why don't you kick us off with uh, with your teams from uh, for, or your quarterbacks from this level? Yeah, well, all good points. And <laughs> again, spent too much time trying to put this together. Um, so you may think this is crazy, but number 11, I'm going to go CJ Stroud. Mm. CJ Stroud. I think, again, honestly, with the rest of the guys that are out there, how can you not put him ahead of some of these other guys? I mean, the guy has been absolutely incredible coming off a record-breaking rookie performance. And who is he doing it with? The The Texans were the second-worst team, if not probably the worst team in the league last year. And I know they're it's not like they're 6-2 and two and they're flying high, but he's been absolutely incredible, especially down the stretch recently. And, you know, the thing with him is I had a lot of concern about C.J. Stroud because – not because of him really more personally. It's more of the Ohio State quarterback profile where you look at some of the predecessors that have come from Ohio State. Majority of them really haven't really worked out in the NFL because I think when you, you come from Ohio State, you're obviously one of the top five in terms of least sacked, least sacked, least hit quarterbacks in the entire country. Look at the receiver and running back talent that's around them. Obviously, the competition isn't the SEC or ACC type, but not that's the ACC, the more the SEC type competition. Um, where I, I think they're they're really coddled going into the NFL, where they're not really getting a test, a real true competition or test until they get into the college football playoff, of course. And you see a lot of the times where it doesn't work out that way, but he obviously played great in that game against Georgia and that game, particularly, I was like, okay, I think this kid could be special. Um, but I got a little bit of a hesitant there and what separated him from, I think a lot of that quarterback profile from Ohio state is obviously he's got the arm talent. He's obviously extremely athletic and, and, and can make a lot of plays with his, with his legs. He has been so decisive and knows exactly where he wants to put the football from not only just what he's throwing, but obviously when, when to take it and run, throw the ball away. I mean, he's got one interception. How who would have thought that CJ Stroud is, is the, has been the least intercepted quarterback up to this point. And also backing it up with, I think what, 14 touchdown or 12, yep. 13 touchdowns. So he's been absolutely incredible. And who Nico Collins is, is been his best player. So he, he's doing it with, with a certainly a, a below average, you would say uh, talent around him, rookie head coach. Um, he's been absolutely incredible to watch. And I definitely, I don't have a problem with him being at number 11 there. Um, but again, it, it was tough. It was, it was tough to, to, to put him there because then any of these other, other guys, you can argue up there too. Number 12, another one that I think could be controversial is Brock Purdy. You touched on him a little bit earlier. Obviously, he's in a fantastic situation with the weapons, the defense, the head coach. But he has proven not only what he's done last year, now halfway through this season, that he's just not some game manager quarterback that just got the luck of the draw of being a part of a great organization and team like this. He really does drive the ship and the engine 
and distributes the wealth in a great way. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle, like all these other guys around him. But if he wasn't performing to a level of where he's been performing, the 49ers were, wouldn't be that good. Because at the end of the day, as we see with a lot of other teams, if you don't have a quarterback that can play, it doesn't matter who you have to throw the ball to or who you hand it off to or the type of defense that we have <clears throat> a little close to home there. <laughs> you can be resulting in in a poor situation in terms of wins and losses. So he's been absolutely great. I know he's been struggling a little bit here in the last couple of weeks, but I think things will turn around for sure. So he's I have him at 12, and then this is where I think it really gets weird. Number 13, I think I got to go Sam Howell. Sam freaking Howell at number 13. Guys, number two in yards, top five in terms of touchdowns. I know he's got pretty high amount of interceptions. I think he's got about eight or nine interceptions. But he's been the most sacked quarterback by far. Worse than the Giants and Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. Crazy to even believe that. He's had 44 sacks. And obviously not all of that is against is on the offensive line. Quarterback does have a little bit of, of a of a, of a hand in there in terms of, you know, holding the ball too long or trying to make extend plays where you can get a sack. But you watch a lot of those Washington games. He's getting the ball. Look at the giants game. He's getting the ball and getting crushed as soon yeah. as he's delivering it. And he's still been able to put up numbers with a, I mean, obviously you got Terry McLaurin, obviously top 10 type of receiver, but I mean, Curtis Samuel, John Dotson, they're good. Like these are plug and play guys. They're not really yeah. true, I would say, receiver weapons. And he's been able to do that and be able to put up the numbers to where uh, he's really a top five, top ten in almost every category. And he's got the commanders in the game. They they're they're competing and fighting for potential playoff spot. Obviously, in a very tough division with Philly and, and the Cowboys. So. I think Sam Howell deserves to be up there in, in the middle of the pack here for how he's played so far. So I'm going to go there with Sam Howell. And again, it gets really weird here. Number 14, this one might be another one, Russell Wilson. I know the Broncos are ugly. They smell, right? Their defense is terrible. <laughs> they do not look good in games. They got absolutely embarrassed by the Dolphins. Uh, so how you can you even think about putting Russell Wilson even in the top 15? It really has not been his fault. He's got 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. He looks like the Russell Wilson that we know. And I feel good. I remember, you know, to, talk, to start the show, you're like, well, who's a guy that's kind of been like really accurate with your preseason? I had him at number 17. Again, he's right there in the 14. So I, I feel good that despite – the Broncos team not looking that great. I really can't put a lot of the blame on on Russell Wilson. I think he he's getting back to where he's gonna he's been, um, but it's just obviously just an unfortunate situation there. Um, but I think he's he's been pretty solid again. That middle of the pack. After that, I got uh, Baker Mayfield number fifteen. <laughs> wow! How can you not love what Baker Mayfield has has done this year? Again, has a been spectacular top ten you know, waving the flag around Baker Mayfield's back, but the guy's been playing balls to the wall football. He wants to be here. The energy he's bringing, he wants, he's really taking this second chance. Like this is his last because everybody in the NFL could have predicted that, uh, 
Baker's the bridge guy. They're going to stink. They're going to tank. They're going to move on. He's going to be done, probably be a backup. But he really has done everything in his willpower to be able to deserve a starting job. And he's, again, stats don't jump out at you. He's kind of in the middle of the pack. That's why I thought maybe the 15 number I think is is fair. They're obviously right in the hunt down there in the in the NFC South for uh for that division title. So we'll see. Still a lot to come. But I you know starting to get the connection there with obviously Godwin and Mike Evans who despite them they're they're still around and they're still very, very reliable targets. Um so I like Baker there at 15. And then this is again any of these three I think could have been back and back to back to back here. Um I'm gonna go Geno Smith at 16. Gino, again, not the statistical year that he had obviously last year, but they look good. I think the what are they six and two or five and three? They're 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 up there. Yeah. So yep. he this has been the Geno Smith that I think we expected where he's not gonna throw for thirty five touch who knows, but he's not gonna throw right. for thirty plus touchdowns, but he's not gonna lose you the game. He's been great with managing the game, managing getting the wins, obviously defense first, Pete Carroll, Seahawks team. That's always the mantra defense first, the run game, not doing, doing anything too crazy. And I don't know, they can get scary. We talked about it in the pre, the preseason show about how those weapons that he has with Metcalf and Lockett and uh, Smith and Jigba, they can look scary in a situation where if they start giving him more of a, like opening the door because I think they've really been just focused more on the run game and not giving him too much of, of, of chances. I think he could really light it up towards the end of the season here, um, especially obviously down the stretch. So I'm going to go um, Gino at 16, number 17. And here's another wild card. Josh Dobbs. There it is. Josh freaking Dobbs is, is, is number 17 for me, which I could have never in my life thought that Josh Dobbs would be ahead of Deshaun Watson or Matthew Stafford or Justin Fields or any of these other guys. Um, but he's been there. He's, he's been there for me. He's been absolutely electric with the energy he brings. Obviously he can, you know, use his legs to get first downs and touchdowns. And he's been obviously very accurate with throwing the football playing for arguably the worst team in the league still getting wins and still make, keeping them in games. And now you put him on a Minnesota team. He goes out there last week off the street, puts up 30 plus points, gets them the win in, in, in the end of the game there. So I love everything that Josh Dobbs has been doing up to this point in the season. And I'm certainly rooting for him for sure. Cause again, been such a great story, obviously knowing where he's been. Um, so I definitely think he deserves to be in, in this tier three, and then to round it out, I'm going to go with Derek Carr. I mean, again, Derek Carr, I think you can always argue he's in that middle of the pack where he's not great, he's not bad, he's okay, he has good games, some bad games where it kind of evens out, kind of like how we thought about Kirk Cousins at, at one point in doing this. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's 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 fair to keep Carr in that, top, that tier three uh, as that solid, doesn't stink, doesn't really have that too high expectations, can win games, but certainly isn't going to be like the best of the best, but – but that's it. That rounds it out for me. So, yeah, that's uh, that's where it gets funky, right? And that's where it gets a little bit weird. I do have some similar people in that rank, but then some of the people are are, are ranked differently. So I have uh, Brock Purdy at number eleven, C.J. Stroud at twelve, Russell Wilson at thirteen, 
Uh, and then I get into Geno Smith and Josh Dobbs. And I was also proud to put Josh Dobbs at number 15. He's been just awesome to watch. He's been a lot of fun. He's been kind of taking the league by storm. When we did this preseason podcast here, we didn't even have him on the list. When we did this preseason, we had Clayton Toon on the list instead of Josh Dobbs because Josh Dobbs wasn't even on a roster. Well, he was on the Browns. He wasn't even on the Cardinals when we did this podcast, right? So now he comes in, plays incredibly well for the situation in Arizona, and then did what he just did in, in Minnesota. Now, will he continue to be this awesome? Maybe. He looks sound. It doesn't look fake. It doesn't look like smoke and mirrors when it comes to Josh Dobbs. It looks real when it comes to Josh Dobbs. So I was happy to put him at 15. The Geno Smith of it all, too. His numbers have been pretty underwhelming to this point. They've also had some of these games where it's very feast or famine. Like, oh, they won handedly and they looked really good and Gino looks good. And then they get annihilated and put up six points and lose by 30. They've had multiple losses like that. Two of their three losses have been non-factors for Gino Smith. So is that a testament to him? Is it a game script that things went wrong and then Gino kind of just got the short end of the stick when it comes to statistics? It's probably a mixture of both. Right. So when he only has nine touchdowns and seven interceptions, sure. But in two of their three losses, which is obviously good that they're five and three, they were a zero. Right. So all his stats are a little bit off kilter because of that and how those games have gone out. After uh, Smith at 14, Dobbs at 15, I got Derek Carr at 16, Sam Howell at 17, all for the things you said. I probably could have put him a little bit higher. Um, Derek Carr, same. He's just been very, very mediocre. Uh, which is why it's perfect to have him at number 16. Um, I have Baker Mayfield a little bit lower than you, and perhaps I could have put him higher. Some of his numbers are very nice. I, I do kind of find when you watch the Buccaneers, there are drives and quarters where it's like, wow, this team is really moving the ball, and this is impressive. And then there are times with Baker Mayfield where you just you see old Baker Mayfield, right? So that's why I had him a little bit lower, but looking back on it, I probably could have had him a little bit higher. On the Russell Wilson front, though, Paul, I have him at 13. You had him at 14. It's right where he belongs. I mean, they're three and five. It's not like they're one and seven, right? The the Broncos are doing well. He's throwing touchdowns. Um, some of the yardage totals for him is a lot lower than his contemporaries. He also has way less pass attempts than most of these other quarterbacks in the range. Um, Russell Wilson, only 230 pass attempts where guys like Cousins, Mahomes, uh, Hurts, all above 300, Sam Howell, 350, right? So Russell Wilson has over a hundred less attempts than Sam Howell. What does that do to maybe because they're trying to run the ball? Maybe they're trying not for him to make mistakes, but he hasn't made any mistakes, only four interceptions. He's looking pretty good. So in this portion of the quarterback rankings, it's weird, it's muddy, and it's hard to pinpoint who's been the best. But I feel confident putting Russell Wilson where we do. And I feel confident putting uh, Josh Dobbs and Sam Howell where we did as well. Um, but they were clearly above the Justin Fields, the Matt Staffords, the Minshew and Richardson, the Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett. All those guys are coming up down this list now. Whereas before the season, we had almost none of these guys except for Geno Smith in this range. And yeah, we didn't have Brock Purdy there either. So all these guys except for Geno Smith were basically not in this range. You had Wilson a little bit higher than me. But even still, you had them. You had him behind Carr. You had him behind uh, Daniel Jones. So did I, right? So these guys are risers, and they deserve to be in this portion of the tier. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if they're going to stay there for long tall, long haul. But right now, they seem like the right bet to be that middle average quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah, and what's exciting, like, kind of going off the Russ um, point about, like you said, they're not one in seven. That's why I was struggling because obviously they have they have some bad losses, but so do the Seahawks. You talked about that, but I'm like, I can't put all of those losses on Geno Smith and Russell Wilson because, like you said, there's so many additional factors in, in a lot of these games. Um, but yeah, I think Russ. Who knows what what can ha- and that's where I think you can really. This is why I think this is probably the toughest tier because it's it's a big question mark of. What guys can take that next step? Can can CJ Shroud continue to be a top fifteen quarterback that he's been thus far? Um, can Brock Purdy take that next leap into the top ten? Can Sam Howell still stay where he's been staying? Does he go up? Does he drop down? Because there's been so many great moments and so many mm, not so many great moments with these guys that they can kind of fluctuate between that tier two down to the bottom tiers. So, but yeah, it's, it's going to be exciting to see uh, for sure. And then obviously now getting into the final tier. I mean, we can rank them if you want, if you want to talk about them, if you want to talk about our I, New York situation, want, do you have them in a rank or no? Do you have, because I hardly even have them ranked. If I'm being honest, like I have the next like five I, I, ranked. And then after that, it's a, it's a butt fuck dude. It is literally a mess and you don't even know who the starters are, right? You're going to put Desmond Ritter or Taylor Heineke. You're going to put Justin Fields or Tyson Bajan. You know, you're going to put Jimmy G or you're going to put Aiden O'Connell or you're going to put Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Like who's playing quarterback for these teams? Even? Well, Tommy DeVito. Right. Well, I was going to say, I think despite all those names, I think where I know where I could put the, the New York football quarterbacks and that's at the bottom of the list. I think yeah. we can argue that. Yeah. Um, so you have, like Zach Wilson and Tommy D, I guess at thirty one, thirty two. Yeah, it's yeah. it's that bad, dude. And and you know what? Like I have a few people in my life here who are still kind of riding for Zach Wilson, and like I got to be honest, like I I root for Zach Wilson, man. But I just did this whole thing on the podcast I released on um on Tuesday here on Subway Sports Talk, where we have to recalibrate how we watch football in New York because it's not normal. Currently, the way we watch Kenny Pickett and Jordan Love and Desmond Ritter and Bryce Young, that's how we have to watch Zach Wilson and the Jets because it's the same thing. When Zach Wilson throws for two first downs on one drive, it literally feels like they just scored a touchdown and they're only at the 40 yard line, right? Like that's the difference in what the Jets offense and the Giants offense have been doing versus some of these other teams, right? Like we're saying Desmond Ritter sucks. Desmond Ritter has done way more this season than Zach Wilson. And you can't say that Zach Wilson doesn't have weapons. He does have weapons, so right? So like, you can't even make that the argument. We have to recalibrate what is acceptable offense in New York football. Because right now the Jets are just not acceptable offense and neither are the Giants. Yeah, well, I can spend, I told you, I know we, we got together to watch that unfortunate, that <laughs> they call it what the New York Bowl was more like I think it was one of the guys on the fan said it perfect. Whether it was Sal or, or Evan or one of those guys, like it's supposed to be the New York Bowl. It's more like the New York Toilet Bowl of of that <laughs> Jets Giants game. I know we <laughs> got together to watch that, which again it was a great time. We got a lot of fun, but it was absolutely painful to watch. That how is this? And I understand it was a crappy weather game. I understand, but that's still the NFL. That game was worse to watch than some top tier high school football t- 
teams. And it, it's like you can argue this not, not only just with the Jets and the Giants, how bad the offenses has been, but we talked about at the top of the show how the rest of the league offensively has been so poor. I mean, I looked at a stat today that we are on pace this NFL season to average about 21 points per game, which will be the lowest amount of points per game since 2010. And we hype up all of these young prospects and quarterbacks and receivers and all of this, you know, the, 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 the rules have changed in terms of the, the, you know, the, the pass interference calls and not being able to hit anybody, the purse, uh, the rough and the passers, like, the, the NFL is doing everything possible to make the sport almost as close to flag football as possible, where you're just going to see points, right? And it's we're, we're going completely backwards. And I think the Giants and the Jets, with the quarterback situations that they've had at hand, are a prime example that as great as these defenses can be in the NFL, how may, how much more can be shown for you to not make a decision thinking like this guy can't, this guy just can't do it. I mean, the Daniel Jones situation obviously is terrible with him going down. You feel for the guy. Cause he really, he really, you can't not root for Daniel Jones either. Cause he hasn't said a word. He's kept his head down. He's come to work every day. He's obviously been a part of a horrendous situation since he started here. Uh, you don't feel too bad for him, obviously, cause he got a nice contract, right? But now that it's resulting in this obviously season ending injury, which potentially might be his last time being with the Giants. Obviously, I think there's a lot more to unfold to see what the Giants end up doing with him. But you see that in so many like this looking at this final tier, there's so many of those guys that situations like the Jets and the Giants, where if you don't have the correct development more importantly, from a coaching development perspective, if you don't have the head coach or the offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach to develop these young quarterbacks, it doesn't matter what they were in freaking college. It does not matter. Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, all these guys playing at these top Division One schools, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the coaching and the, and the development around these quarterbacks, they are going to fizzle out and fail. And that's unfortunately with the situation I think that's happened in New York with Daniel Jones, with Zach Wilson. And you could honestly say that about these other guys, Justin Fields. Who knows if Justin Fields is even going to be in the league next year? Who who, who knows if the, we'll see where the Bears end up if they take Cale Williams number one, right? Um, Matt Jones. You think Matt Jones yeah. is, is going to get another shot? After what, Those are backups next year, right? Like the, when the new crop comes in and some of these young guys get their official spots, like Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, backups. Yeah. They're backups. And it's unfortunate, like you said with Daniel Jones, and, and uh, work that mute when, when I'm going here for a second. Um, Daniel Jones, does he deserve to lose his job for an injury? No. But does he deserve his to lose his job for not throwing touchdowns? Yes. Right. So like, yeah, it's unfortunate that it might be looking like he's losing his job because he got hurt. But in reality, he's losing his job because he hasn't been good enough. And it's been multiple years now. He had one real year of success. And a lot of that was smoke and mirrors against a really poor schedule. A lot of their wins last year when they made the playoffs were against teams that they were supposed to beat. And they've never been able to punch up with Daniel Jones. They've had one or two wins here and there that looked like big time wins. And even some of those were like, 
oh, we beat the Packers last year. The Packers were a completely underwhelming, underperforming team, right? The Titans, we beat them last year in week one. They were a completely underwhelming team in the second half of the year, right? So it's hard to to say that he's losing his job because of an injury when he's losing his job because he didn't throw enough freaking touchdowns, right? It's so different. It's very different. And and you look through all this list here, Desmond Ritter might get a chance again to, to start for the Falcons. T- Taylor Heineke, who we know what he is, he might win that job for the rest of the season, right? And they might make the playoffs to Falcons. Does that mean Heineke is the future? Does that mean Ritter's the future? No, it means they had the easiest schedule in the league this year. Like That's when I'm trying to say about recalibrating how we talk about football and watch these quarterbacks. You have to sometimes take them out of the vacuum of a regular season because what you're seeing week in, week out right now from a team success standpoint is not always indicative of what that quarterback is doing. I saw more impressive throws from Will Levis in a loss on Thursday night to the Steelers in his second start of his career than I have from from Zach Wilson for, for the whole season. Well, not Zach Wilson has occasionally really impressive throws, so maybe he's a bad example. But look, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, Bryce Young, Aiden O'Connell, Dan, Tommy DeVito, Daniel Jones, whatever. Will Levis, to me, if I'm when I made this list, I put Will Levis above Desmond Ritter. That makes no sense. Levis has thrown 40 passes in his career, right? But you can just see it sometimes where there are certain types of throws and a consistency of decision-making that just puts you above the rest. And right now there are a lot of quarterbacks in this league that shouldn't be starters. And they are because the talent is poor. Maybe the talent's not spread properly. Maybe because GMs and coaches are just trying to make decisions to save their jobs. I don't know the answer to why some of these quarterbacks are so bad or why they're still starting. But the fact of the matter is there's 10 quarterbacks in the league right now that probably aren't real starters in the NFL. Yeah, no, I agree. I honestly think it could be even more than that. I mean, it's it's like not to crap on Baker Mayfield. He's obviously been great, like good this year. But if there was any other quarterbacks out there, do you think Baker Mayfield would have got another shot? Probably not. He hardly got a shot this year, right? They right. almost started some some like unproven. Uh, who's the backup there? I forget now. Um, no, I can't even remember. I don't even know either. Yeah, Th- there Tr- you go. Tr- uh, Tris- Trusk, Trisk. Oh, Kyle, Kyle Trask. Trask. There we go. Yeah. Trusk, Trisk. <laughs> yeah. Tisk, Tisk. Tisk, yeah, Tisk. It, it's just, uh, it's tough. And I, I think that when you watch the Jets and Giants week in, week out, you really, like your mind plays tricks on you. You start to see Zach Wilson hit Garrett Wilson twice on one drive. And you're like, look, see, I, I told you he's been making progress. And then they don't get a first down for three drives in a row. Right? Yeah. Like, that's not successful. He'll, he'll throw a 25-yard dig route. I saw some stat that Zach Wilson has the most, like the, the hardest thrown ball out of any live. Like he's thrown the hardest, like ball. At miles a, per at hour. A, miles per hour. Yeah. He'll throw a 25 yard dig on the money with a guy on, on Wilson. And you're like, okay, he can make that throw. And then he can't throw a three yard cliff route to convert a third and one. <laughs> like, like, it's just like you said, it's that's just, what we're watching. That's what we're watching. Exactly. But you know, well, let me, let me ask you this before you, before you go on, we, we finished off at um, number 18 for you. So that leaves off the uh, Stafford. who we kind of spoke about already leaves off Minshew and fields, Watson, love Pickett, Levis, Ritter, et cetera, Bryce young or anyone in that group 
still exciting you a little bit or impressing you enough that they're like, they're relevant, right? Like, is there anyone in that group there before we get into Aiden O'Connell and Mac Jones and Zach Wilson and, and whoever's starting for the giants, that other group, anyone there like worth their weight in salt worth watching that you at least appreciate watching them play football on Sundays. It's a tough question. Well, also to note Kyler Murray, I know obviously he's coming right. back. We haven't, we, you know, we left him, him off because left him he off, hasn't played right? yet. I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, obviously Kyler Murray, but honestly, man, I think it's it's really tough. If if I really had to choose, I mean, I think Jordan Love for me has shown some. I think more positive than honestly a lot of these other guys. I mean, Anthony Richardson, I will say, such an unfortunate situation because I definitely think right. he would easily be my number one guy. But obviously, he's out for the for the rest of the year. So I think Jordan Love again in his first season as a starter. He obviously sat sat behind Aaron Rodgers for for a good amount of time. So there is something there where he's not just getting thrown into the fire here. I I, I think he can maybe take that next step. Um, you know, Justin Fields really like is such a like you want to say Justin Fields because he's super athletic, does everything with his legs. Then he has these other games where he'll throw for four touchdowns and 300 yards, but the bears will lose. And you're thinking like, where is that? But I, I, I don't think I can go with him. Um, you know, Bryce young. I still, again, still a lot. I think the lot more question marks there, obviously not built the way maybe some of these other teams are. Um, so if I had to put it, put, put a name, I would say probably Jordan love out of, out of any of those guys. And I think Kenny Pickett can be there too. I just, I don't know what's going on with the Steelers where, where, cause he looks good and makes good plays and good decisions. And they just, they just, it's just a complete, like, what are you doing from a play call yeah. perspective? So. Yeah. yeah. I think Pickett is interesting still. And like, you don't bury Pickett yet. You don't bury love and all that stuff. Like they're not buried. They're not, no. um, they're not Zach Wilson to me yet. Right. No. They're not Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones buried. We've seen yeah. enough. Seen we, we've seen enough Mac Jones. We've seen enough. Um, yeah, I don't want to say we've seen enough Desmond Ritter, but I kind of feel like we've seen enough Desmond Ritter, right? I'll, I'll throw Minshew out there for a second. Like Minshew's at least like a professional quarterback. He's probably not a starter every single year of his career, but he is a professional quarterback. So I think that he deserves some sort of uh, appreciation there where like, you know what to expect with Gardner Minshew. He's going to ball out to the best of his ability. The only thing is the best of his ability, it's just not that great. It's just good, right? Like he has moments, he has some some good plays, he has good drives, good games, but there's a there's a cap there. So, you know, you watch the Colts, you watch Gardner Minshew, you expect a level of competence, but you don't expect extraordinary uh, performance every week. But yeah, it, it's a little bit weird right now. I'm not a Jordan Love guy. I don't think he's great. I think he proved that he's better than awful <laughs> for me. Like I thought he might've been awful. He's not awful. Um, but he's not great and he's not there yet at minimum, uh, but he at least has some intrigue still and he deserves to be starting for the Packers right now and to be watched and considered for, for improvements. It's kind of same with Kenny Pickett. I think they're very much in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. Cause like you said, I think enough of Mac Jones, Ritter, maybe fields again, I think field, the field situation goes back to what I was talking to you a little bit before about not being able to have the right pieces in place to develop him. Right. Um, like Same he thing. started to play better and then got hurt. Right? And then he, he gets just hurt. Kinda yeah. Just started doing better and then he's out for three weeks. Yeah. So I think 
I think, yeah, it's just, it's just an unfortunate situation with him. But, yeah, Anthony Richardson, I think, is going to be really exciting um, when he comes back. Obviously, stinks to say that I kind of learned his lesson. Like, you can't be running around like you're, you're – I know you're, you're built like Cam Newton and you can run and throw and do all that, but, like, this is the NFL, man. And it, and it's it stinks that he, he kind of learned it the tough way, but you rather – terrible to say but you rather this happen now early in his career now where i think he'll be able to still obviously what 22 23 years old where i think he does have a, a bright future for sure um so but yeah i, I mean interesting to see how, how pick it i'm also interested to see how kyla murray comes about i think that's a big, big right. topic too because obviously kyla murray is when healthy you can put him in the top 15 if not maybe top 10 i think last year we had him almost around that, like 10 or 11 number um so I'm really intrigued to see. Obviously, their season is pretty much in the dumps. Unless he comes back and becomes Superman, they win seven, eight games straight, and, and they, they sneak into the playoffs, which obviously I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think he's going to be able to show his value. I mean, obviously, they paid him, right? They paid him to be their franchise right. guy for the next five, ten-plus years. And now they're sitting there at the number one pick. It's like, do you take Caleb Williams? I mean, look what happened to him when he got drafted. You know, they had Josh Rosen. They drafted him top 10. And then, obviously, we all know how that happened. So, I'm really intrigued to see how that pans out. And, and, and again, I, I'm not going to say, like, they should move on for him if they really just tank and just, like, not win games. Because they're, again, they're missing a lot of pieces offensively and defensively. Um, but you can see that they're playing hard. They're playing for this coach. And Josh Dobbs obviously proved that they could win some games. And I definitely think as great as Josh Dobbs has been, Kyler is better, especially when healthy. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm interested to really see how that really pans out for the rest of this year. And obviously the rest of the years, uh, rest of these guys, you know, throughout the year. So, Yeah, I'm with you. Um, Bryce Young as well. He gets, he gets a pass for now. He's getting pressured like crazy. Uh, you look at the pressure rates on, on these quarterbacks right now and to know – surprise anybody the most pressured quarterbacks in the nfl zach wilson daniel jones so to the people who still have a soft spot for zach wilson and daniel jones you can point to that number and say there you go that's why they stink so hard yeah well some of the other uh, quarterbacks who are getting pressured a lot are geno smith and russell wilson and Kirk cousins and cj stroud and sam howell those are the top 10 right they're doing something they're making things happen on top of getting pressured a lot some of these other guys aren't. So that's the difference. You can't just say, oh, D- Danny Jones and Zach Wilson has been pressured more than anyone else. You have to give them a pass. No. Other guys who have been pressured a few percentage points lower than that are doing a whole lot more with what they've been given. So it's not the same, right? So again, you want to say that they deserve some more chances, that they still have some juice in the tank? Recalibrate how you watch football in New York. It's not equal to some of these other quarterbacks who are also criticizing or saying are mediocre, they're still doing way more. It's just not even the same. But Paul, any uh, any last words? Because we're we're gonna wrap up here. So any last words? Anything on a quarterback that you have your your eye on for the Giants here if they happen to end up in the top three, top five? Coming out, you mean quarterbacks coming out? Yeah. Well, I should just ask you this: Are they picking a quarterback if they're top three? Well, I think you save that for another time. But because I thought about that the conversation Obviously, or the pick. <laughs> well, no, I more no conversation because. You know, I was thinking about this. Um, 
I think, again, like I mentioned, there's a lot that still needs to play out. There's a whole half of the season to be played for not only just the Giants, but obviously these other teams that potentially are going to be at the top there um, who are also going to be thinking about quarterbacks. So, and the Giants, we may not even be in the top five. We might win two, three, four games and go to six and 11 and then freaking get the sixth pick. And we're not going to be able to get Caleb Williams or Michael Penix or Drake May. So we might not even have a chance to pick a quarterback unless obviously maybe we trade up. So, but overall, I think, you know, I, I, Caleb Williams obviously is, is, is the clear, clear cut number one best prospect for sure. Um, everyone's giving him crap losing these last couple of weeks. I'm like, come on, man. This, this guy's so freaking good. You know I mean? He's, he's baller. He's, he's everything that you would want in a, in a NFL quarterback. So, and then Drake may, I think is right behind them, but you know what? Drake may scares me. He reminds me a lot about Daniel Jones. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, he really you know, does. like not only just like how he like looks, but again, went to North Carolina. Jones went to Duke. He obviously not one of the top, elite type programs but obviously he's been good enough um so he kind of scares me a little bit um Penix I think is great um I think he's gonna have a really great career I mean he he's just so accurate so decisive so I mean with the Giants I think it's it's really gonna come down to you know where they end up with the pick I think they still obviously keep Jones I don't think they move get rid of him in terms of like get him off the team I think he's got no silly. value right now anyway. Um, because even if you do take a quarterback in the top three or top four picks, I think having Jones even as a bridge guy to start the year, have as a backup, or you gave him that contract, so you might as well try to get something out of it. Um, so I think there's still a lot to be played out for sure for the Giants. Um, but really to, to wrap it up totally, I think – you know, it's obviously been an unfortunate start for a lot of teams and the performance from some of these quarterbacks, but it's why we love football because anything can change. This weekend can be 180 for some some of these guys, good or bad, or continue to be good, right? So it's going to be really interesting to see. And obviously now um, with the playoff push coming down the stretch, play is going to get elevated. Teams aren't going to be like, oh, we got a game or two that we can kind of give away. It's not going to happen. Like now it's the time. This is the time where you need to be playing your best football and it's going to be obviously relying on these quarterbacks. So, but yeah, Pete, appreciate the the opportunity to hop on here tonight. I know we had a little bit technical, technical difficulties throughout, <laughs> but we were able to push through. Um, certainly look forward to being able to get back on maybe some point throughout the year and obviously post post year kind of summarizing how the rest of the year planned out with these quarterbacks. So. Always a pleasure to my friend, my quarterback, my brother. Appreciate you. Always. Uh, let me ask you this real quick. I mean, like a one-line answer to this. You said Lamar Jackson is your number one quarterback to this point and, and for this season right now. Are the Ravens your number one team in the league right now as well? I Yes. Most complete team, I think the Ravens. There you go. And are you rooting for Odell Beckham? Always rooting for Odell. You know me, man. Me too, Sorry, bro. Guy. Me too. Still have his jersey. I saw- <laughs> I saw him catch that touchdown last week. I was so happy for him. I was also happy for my team in uh in my fantasy league, thinking that I would get a touchdown for Lamar. And then I realized that it wasn't Lamar in because I was watching our red zone. So I wasn't like tapped into exactly what was going on. It was a blowout anyway. And I was like, yes, I need that little touchdown from Lamar right there. And I was like, oh, fucking Huntley. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that <laughs> was, was all good. A great moment for me because I picked him up in our league. I saw um, that. I saw that. Good for you. Caught a touchdown and you know, still lost, put up 140 points, second, like most in the league to lose 142. So 
Softball, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, well, again, thanks again for letting me hop on here. Always a pleasure, bro. You're the man. Love you. And uh, that's it. Look forward to jumping on this again, man. Yes, sir. Subway Sports Talk. That's all we got. For Paul Barquita, I'm Pete Kennedy. We'll talk to you with uh, NFL Week 10 picks on Friday. Hit us on social media at Subway Sports Talk, as well as Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate you all. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.